0: Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us every Wednesday at 5 o'clock for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets for our Wednesday event are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com. Slash zoom. That's pod617.com slash zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? It's
1: showtime! From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boston podcast. Lovers, muggers, thieves, everyone out there. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple podcast. If you'd like your own podcast, go to pod617.com. And this is a treat for me today. I've got a friend on the line. We live in the same town. Don't worry, I'm not going to give out your address, Stuart. Uh, you know, you and I both have our enemies. He's a professional coach, teaches his uh, clients how to think strategically and act with integrity. That comes right from his website it's my pal Stewart hirsch is here
1: yeah hello david
0: hello sir
1: so nice to nice to hear your voice again. And same back
0: at you, my friend. We haven't seen each other that much during the pandemic, maybe a couple of times on Zoom. And then I had the pleasure of bumping into you at CVS, which is one of the few places Absolutely. that we go. And, you know, recognizing each other in the masks. But how has, I almost didn't
1: recognize you, you didn't have your pod six one seven shirt on. I not,
0: always be branding. Right. So uh, not that day. Tell me how has your pandemic been so far? Are you hanging in there or what?
1: Well, this has been the best pandemic I've ever had.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. I might use that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: what can you say, David? Yeah, what can you say, except uh, um, we just keep trudging along, right? Have you managed to keep your spirits travel.
1: up? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Every, um, every day it's day, um, it, it's, it's been interesting because I've been staying in touch with a lot of people. I get to see... Well, I get to see my wife actually less than I saw her before the pandemic, because she's well, busier now.
0: Okay. And yet, yeah. you still, you're, still not, you're not um, starving from lack of human contact, it sounds like.
1: No, I am thriving on Zoom. I just okay. love Zoom and uh, it, it's been a great opportunity to reconnect with people or connect with people on Zoom. I've always wanted to do, I've always tell people, I've been using Zoom for years, um, yeah. teaching courses and other things, and getting people to actually have coaching calls and visit with them on Zoom has been hard. Now, for a long time, everybody wanted to do it, and now they're all saying, no, just the phone, I can't sit anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny how people, I think, toggle back and forth, because when we all realized everyone was going to Zoom, and you know what? I'd, I'd I'd love to know why these things happen because Zoom wasn't the only alternative out there. You know, there's Skype, there's Google Hangouts, there's there are others that I'm not mentioning and just can't remember. But that's because Zoom has just become the king. And I don't know why that. Do you know why that happens?
1: Well, I know why. I know why it's happened for me. I can't speak for anybody else. But uh, just because you like you like I, the product, yeah. I like the product. It's really easy. It rarely... Cr- it never crashed my computer. Other ones right. have. Yep. Uh, and um, and it allows you to use um, uh, faux backgrounds. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I bought myself a... Don't tell anybody this. This is my secret. I do have a green screen that is not my really my son going down a waterfall behind. Wow. me. Um, yep. that is a photo of him going down a waterfall.
0: It's behind a cool me. that is a cool photo. In what what river was he on there?
1: Oh, it's somewhere in Connecticut, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's he he has all these rivers he goes on. And you know, it, the, my biggest thrill is going and finding pictures, stealing pictures from my kids on Facebook <laughs> and, uh, and using them as my background. They all do crazy things. Uh, I love you know, it. Rock climbing and things like that.
0: I love it. And by the time this podcast airs, listeners, um, Stuart, your young man will be a married man, as I understand it.
1: Is that that right? is correct. Yes. yes. So
0: Mazel tov, Four
1: days from today.
0: Four days from today, as we record <clears> this, <throat> and um, well, that's exciting. Is is it going to be? We don't have to spend the whole uh, session here on the wedding, no. but it's interesting. But like, what what are the accommodations that are being made for the pandemic?
1: Oh, it's uh, you know we had to we had to change the numbers by just a few. We went from 150 to 12, <laughs> 13 if you include the <laughs> oh, photographer. Okay.
0: Oh, God. okay. Right uh, and,
1: um, and it was gonna be an wedding, but now it's going to be an outdoor wedding, but now it 's going to be an outdoor wedding, and uh, instead of like fifteen tables outside, there'll be three with with each couple having its own um, section of the table, and we all had to have a zoom call in advance agreeing on what we 're not going to do for the two weeks before the wedding, and mm-hmm. the only activity people wanted to do was rock climbing, not mm-hmm. me i um, 'm mm-hmm. doing that after the wedding. Okay. Uh, and uh, we had, they had to agree they would not go to the rock climbing gym for two whole weeks, which was really tough.
0: I see. <laughs> because of all these, these risk takers in your family. That's interesting.
1: The, yes. Not, not because they would get hurt, but because they, wouldn't, they didn't want to be exposed. Now, or did some, some did not want others to be exposed and then get exposed to them.
0: Did your son and his uh, spouse-to-be, did they talk about um, perhaps putting it off a year due to all this stuff? Or, or, was it, or it's just love conquers all?
1: I just wasn't privy to that conversation. (laughs) We were just told. Yes. (laughs) But we were told that we could still bring the food, only now we're bringing it ourselves instead of having the caterer bring it.
0: Okay. Well, so there's a silver lining right there, I suppose.
1: Uh, Well, unless there's another party a year later, but we'll
0: see. Oh, right. Yeah. So – what Stuart does is he is an executive and business development coach, and I think of you as like a, a fixer and s- someone who can give you advice on really almost anything in in improving your stature in the professional world. If you're trying to court a client, I think of you as an expert when it comes to that. Am I? Do you consider yourself kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to success in business?
1: In relationships. And relationships, as, as they relate to business. I have done a lot of work in the area of strategy and some other things, but I find that um, I spend most of my time helping people with their business relationships, whether it's internal or external.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've done, I've done executive coaching with leaders, uh, including general counsel and deputy general counsel and other... I'm a lawyer by training, as you know. i practice law for way too long, mm-hmm. and... Um, and um, uh, so, so it's executive and leadership coaching. I've written a whole bunch of articles on leadership for Inside Council Magazine and a couple other places. And then building trust relationships um, with people. And so, when you build trust relationships, it's never, you know, about selling, which is what most of what I'm doing is business development coaching for people in professional services people, but mm. really about um, having real relationships and um, and and helping which is a much better way to think about it and not just to not as a technique but as a reality.
0: So, I imagine people come to you when their career is stalled or it needs a shot in the arm or some such thing. When people come to you, is it is it a, can you usually spot what the problem is to begin with? I imagine some people Like, um, you know, it's businesses famously like to use the, the slogan, no assholes. The problem with that slogan is if you are one, you don't really think you're one. (laughs) And I wonder if some people, I mean, I, everybody's different, but tell me about that initial meeting when you get together with a client and you're diagnosing the problem.
1: So, so I really want to um, pull back from your initial definition of, of what I'm doing with people. It's, sure. I often work with people that are very successful mm. already and would like to be more successful or one person wanted to figure out how he was being so successful. Um, and so I helped him. He was afraid, of being, kind too, of, he was afraid of being
0: too successful, I suppose.
1: Well, he was He was very successful. And right. actually, um, that discussion led to an article that I wrote called The 7-Step Framework for Developing Business, which you could find on my website if you wanted to look. Which, um, but, which is
0: strategicrelationships.com. Strategicrelationships.com. Learn more about Stuart and yeah, all this cool me. stuff. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, that, so, uh, so some people have already a large... Let's go with professional services people. Some people already have... Have a large book of business, and they want to do better. Um, other people um, may be stalled or concerned about being stalled, as you suggested, There's, and and other people um, are in a position where they're ready to grow, and they just would like some help doing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the way I look at the world with them is as um, I look at what. I look look at things on a continuum, Uh, and if you were looking at me right now, you see one hand on one side and one on the other of this continuum, and on one side of the continuum is, I don't know anybody, and on the other side of the continuum is, I know lots of people, and I have really deep relationships with them. So, the closer you can get to, I know lots of people and have really good relationships, really deep relationships with them, the closer one is to uh, developing business. So, my first analysis is, do they have a network? Do they have people that they're close enough to to actually have real heart-to-heart conversations with. Mm-hmm. And when somebody doesn't, then of course, it's very important to um, to get access to people. And um, it's one of the three most important things you have uh, you need to do to get business on, the, on that side of my business, which is, um, uh, and, th- and that's in the article I mentioned, it's you have to have a- get access to people, you have to recognize opportunities, and then you have to take appropriate action. And without a network, it it's really hard. But if you have a network, then it's about what are you doing with your network? How are you um, how are you working with that network? How are you helping other people in your network so that they don't want to do things for you?
0: You work with a lot law- I mean,
1: And that's not the reason you do That's the result. That's not right. the reason one does it.
0: You work with a lot of lawyers, and I imagine that many of them, in fact, I can say for a fact, because like you said, we're both recovering lawyers, and they don't teach you how to network in law school. So do you do you get a lot of uh, attorneys who, and not only that, but some of the more successful attorneys go right into the largest law firms where they are almost you know completely locked in their office billing hours. Do you get a lot of people that you kind of got to start from scratch and teach them how to, to go out and meet people?
1: Yeah, I, I used to do that. Yep. Um, when I was getting started, I've been doing this for... Uh, uh, you can do the math. Since 1994, I started coaching, mm-hmm. um, and I had a six-year I had a six-year um, overlap between mm-hmm. that and 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 practicing, practicing law. law. I practiced yep. law for yeah, I practiced law for 20 years, and there was a six-year overlap when I started the coaching business. And um, and and so uh, when I started, there were people that I worked with that did not have a network. So I started by teaching people basics, how to work a room. I came up with a program. Uh, now call it Network in a Crowd and Still Feel Good About Yourself. And I started doing that program all over the country, um, teaching people how to network. Um, but once one has a network, you also have to maintain it. And after you maintain the network, which is how do you stay in touch with people, what do you say, how do you write that email? There's also the, the next step of how do, you, how do you move the relationship from a, um, a connection to a business relationship. And um, people are all... All along that continuum, including having a business relationship, and then the question is, can that person become a referral source and send their friends to me? And are they willing to do it? And it's not a one-sided street. It almost sounds like you're doing this as a technique and you're trying to get people to do things for you. The truth is, you've got to be helpful to other people. In fact, I have another article called "Reduce Stress, Stop Selling, Start Helping." You know? and yeah. really, what it's really about is help other people.
0: It is uh, a thing that a lot of people miss. When I started as a financial advisor at Bernstein, I had zero clients and had to get people that would potentially send me business, of course. And so what the financial advisor will do is try to go to corporate lawyers, trust and estates lawyers and other lawyers who have wealthy clients and start having coffee with them or whatever. And you think that's going to work. It doesn't necessarily work. I agree with you that one way to turn the relationship is to send a referral to that person. And it's actually not as hard as one might think to send a referral no. to someone, even if it's just, even if it's kind of a flyer, like, hey, would you do do me a favor, give this guy a call to kind of grease the skids. But how, what What advice, I, I don't want you to give away your whole playbook, but maybe in general yeah. terms. What you advice, you what, can have it, whatever okay, you want. <laughs> what advice do you give you to someone? You just have some, to ask me the right questions. Yeah, well, the, well, here it is. The question is, if you do have a relationship with someone where you hang, and it, this has happened to all of us, I think, and you're sitting there, the person seems to enjoy your company, the person seems to trust you and like you, and yet, the per- and yet you've been doing this for you know 18 months or even two years or whatever, the person's never sent you a piece of business. So what do you do?
1: Okay, so you're talking about a referral source, not yeah. someone whose business whose business you would like to be able to work with.
0: Well, that's correct. And that's a that's another good question, but that's a separate question, I guess. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I, I mean every situation is different. So the mm-hmm. one you're describing, that's great because you're being very specific. You've known someone <laughs> for a really long time and and so now it's time to actually ask the question. Now, I've known you for a really long time, and we haven't really talked about how we might help each other. Mm. And I'd really like to learn about how I could be helpful to you and maybe share how you could be helpful to me. For example, I know there's some people you've talked about in your life that I'd be really interested in meeting, and there may be people I've talked about you'd be interested in meeting. Would you mind having a conversation about that? So the, tech- the approach is ask permission to have the difficult... The, the conversation—not a difficult conversation—because if I said that to you when you were at Bernstein, and 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 I said, "Hey, David, you know, can, would you like to have a conversation? Would you be open to have a conversation about how we can help each other?" You're going to throw me out the door?
0: No, I'm going to say yes, a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, right. You're so, right. That's a nice soft so, way of doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's always a way. The thing mm-hmm. is, there's a lot of people won't ask the question because they think they have to go for you ask for everything, and then really they just have to ask for. Um, what's appropriate in the circumstances so you don't really have to leave the uh, everyone talks about you have to leave your comfort zone and do things that aren't so comfortable 99% of the time it's very comfortable because you're just asking normal questions of other people I, I had a, a favorite story about somebody that was uh, um, it was uh, um, a lawyer in a, um, in, in a in a big law firm that had a relationship with somebody in a um, well, let's say a company, right? <laughs> because yeah, it was well, a company. Whatever. It was an organization, yeah. and they both had kids the same age. The kids were all playing with both playing with each other, and he didn't want to hurt the relationship. That's the other thing. People are afraid of talking to friends about business. So, of course, they, it's very self limiting. You know, let's just keep our relationship to the two or three things I'm really comfortable. You know, with baseball, sports, our kids. Right. Um. And so, so I, I so he said, "I really, I wish I could get work for him, but I don't know what to say." Right. And and um. I said, well, if I gave you the magic words, would you say them? They said, sure. I said, okay, here's the magic words. Say, I've known you for X number. I think it was like six years, right? Mm-hmm. I've known you for six years. I really don't know what you do in your company. Yep. Would you mind telling me? And he started sharing it. And then the other guy said, hey, I've known you for six years. I don't know what you do in your law firm. And he started sharing it. He says, you know, I'm not really all that pleased with the lawyer I'm working with. I'd rather work with someone I know and trust. Would you mind if I gave you some work?
0: <laughs> would you mind, right? Yeah. Would and you mind? Yeah, and, all and I'm not going to add up yeah. the
1: millions of dollars in business that turned into.
0: Wow, uh, you get a you get a uh, kickback from that, right, sir?
1: Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no. That would have been nice. Thank no. you, David. I you you can go negotiate for me next time. Maybe but so, that's, but. Yeah. But you see, the thing is, it's very natural. There's, there are always natural ways to have conversations with people. We put this thing in our head that we have to do something we don't want to do or do something that's going to make us uncomfortable, that we can't do the easiest, most natural path of least resistance, which is to have a normal human conversation with another human being.
0: Right. You're right. And
1: that's really what it's about.
0: Mm-hmm. So things have changed during the pandemic, of course. Do you feel fun- of course, yes. Yeah, so the, the people that you coach, I imagine much of what you can continue to do a lot of what you do, like you said, you've been using zoom for a long time. But the people that you're coaching I change
1: the photos a lot more.
0: <laughs> it is fun, I gotta admit. It's always yeah, sometimes yeah. I'll put a photo of, of like myself back there and it looks like there's two me's. that you can also do a video by the way. You have a video of your, your son going going on the rapids there. That would
1: be cool. Yeah, you know, I wish I had the video I, I mean I do have videos of him going on the rapids, but I also have like um you know, I'm I'm looking for one now. Here. Here's a good one. This is Ooh. this is um that's my first son who has a cabinet making shop nearby. He makes furniture, and um, you know that could have been a little dangerous. That was a thousand. This is a picture of him a thousand feet up uh, on a mountain in Mexico, oh hanging God. on. There's a rope attached, but you can't really you see can't it. You Can't
0: see it. It looks like he's just perilously clinging from this it's this ledge that kind of juts out, so leaving nothing yeah. for him to fall uh, to safety yeah. to. But he made it. So. But- <laughs> That's a good one.
1: But then, then after I do that, I use this one here, which is me climbing in <laughs> um, Otter Cliffs up in Maine.
0: Cool. And now you're still so, at the bottom anyway. in that photo. Well, at least by appearance, yeah. I don't know. But well, here's the story: it's a lovely, if you, if you,
1: picture. we rappel down. You rappel oh, okay. down, right? Yep. But once you get to the bottom, if you want to get back to your car, there's really only one way.
0: Into the water there, or what?
1: No, you got to climb back. Oh, you got to climb back. <laughs> oh, you can
0: rappel down first, and then you got to climb back. Oh, that's, yeah, that's terrible. That's that's, that's oh. rappelling
1: down. So once would... you get to the bottom, that's it.
0: Yeah, it must be hard not to think about the climb back up when you're on the way down.
1: Uh, uh. Yeah, it's really not. <laughs> it's, it's kind of scary, actually. So, but anyway, yes. Yeah, suppose, What's so your can
0: you still... How do you continue to build relationships like you used to when you have to do it all by video call?
1: First of all, relationships... Um, Relationships are relationships. They get built based on your connection with another person. That connection does not have to happen in person. There's there's this fallacy out there that people think, and this is kind of funny. Working with lawyers and and you know I work with some of the big um, uh, sometimes people in the big four and, and other large consulting firms and even some small ones. And they think the only way you can meet people and, and do things is in person. Then I ask them, okay, um, how many clients do you have? And they'll give me this number. And I said, have you met all of them? No. <laughs> mm. Do you talk to them? Yeah. Do you have a relationship with them? Oh, yeah. You know about their families, their kids, their lives? Oh, yeah. And, gee, you never met them in person? How did you do that? Mm-hmm. And then they to tell me how they did it. Well, so, guess what? This is the same thing. People are people are people. Yep. It doesn't change because there's a pandemic. The only thing that changes is, is how people are dealing with the pandemic, and that opens up tons of doors and so I'm doing a program later today about this. I started you know I work with I think I mentioned to you David at one point I work with um, um the uh but now it's the people which was the guy and his group that wrote the book The Trusted Advisor I don't know really oh, yeah. heard of that book Yeah, so is it Meister,
0: um, Meister or something uh, well, David
1: Meister, Meister. Um, um, Charlie Green and um, uh, Robert Galford yep. and Charlie Green started a, a, a company called Trusted Advisor Associates uh, a number of years ago he wrote the book they wrote the book back in 2000 I think hmm. well Charlie hired me to be his coach back in 2002 Wow, I met him through through networking through networking mm-hmm. right and um I called him up and we had this great conversation. He hired me to be his coach. We worked together for years. I now lead the coaching practice for, for trusted advisor associates. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, um, I did a program. All this is to get to what happened. I did a program with some, one of my colleagues from there relating to the pandemic for one of our, one of the organization's clients. and, and I'm doing that very similar program a little bit later today for a law firm. I started doing these for free for, for programs for, for organizations because this is really such an amazing opportunity to help people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the concept of that program is that this is an opportunity to be reaching out to people. And and back when it first started, things are moving. Things are changing constantly now. So you always have to kind of adapt to where where we are today. And of course we had the we had the pandemic and then we had some of the the racial issues that came out sure. and all of these things give people an opportunity to talk to each other and so the when the pandemic first came out the opportunities reach out to people and and just talk to them about what's going on in their lives imagine you know all the people that we were talking to saying go call the people or contact the people you went to college with you went to law school with you went to professional school you know uh, for your MBA wherever you went to school and and, and connect with them and say, oh, I haven't talked to you in ages. I thought I'd use the pandemic as an excuse. I prefer they say it differently. Like, um, mm. you know, I was thinking about you. Yeah. Um, make yeah. it real. Make it true. Right? right? It has to be true. Um, That's and, it's right. and, 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 and reach and out right. to people.
0: Yeah, and people, because everyone's so adept at Zoom now, or at least consigned to... You yeah, know, <laughs> the, you can the, do it this way. Right, that, that, that they'll be... They also got plenty of time, and you know when people when they're still scheduling conflicts because you can't be on two calls at the same time. At least I don't think you can. But um, but it's easier to book people. I think it's easier to get them available because they they are at home. There's not they're rarely in the car, and they are um, they 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 know this. This is what we do. I mean, yeah, I've been on calls with all my a lot of my college buddies. I've been on calls with old camp friends because it's all you've got now. But those meetings are usually, in most cases, more people are willing to attend them than would otherwise be willing to in person. And then, of course, some of them, you know, are in California, you never get to see them. And so you're right, all that can be used to a business advantage, right?
1: You you can reach out to people that you would not reach out to before because you had no reason to, and now you do. And they like they want to hear from you. People answer their phones, and they're more willing to go on Zoom so you can see them. You can set up meetings with people with groups of people you've you've um, connected. You want to you want to be connected to. You want to reconnect them to each other. Um, I'm in a networking group that you're familiar with, yep. um, where a lot of the meetings are on Zoom. All the meetings are on Zoom, and we actually get to see each other. You can set. You know, Zoom is great because you can set up breakout groups on it, mm-hmm. and and there are ways to to connect with people. This is a tremendous opportunity to connect. If you stay in your shell, you know, if people stay in their offices, they don't want to bother other people because they feel like they're bothering other people. That is a self limiting um, way of thinking and, um, you know, I try and dispel them of that because right. they, many people feel that, well, there are people. There are people who feel like, I don't want to be bothered, therefore nobody else wants to be bothered, meaning everybody's just like me. But that's not true. There are a bunch of people that are not like you. In fact, you're not bothering them. They're just thrilled to hear from you. But they shouldn't call you because you, you would be bothered. So, But it's okay for you to reach out to them because it's not the the norm in our society today is people are looking for connection with other people.
0: Absolutely. We're up against the clock a little bit here, but we are going to... Oh, my. Okay. We, no, that's okay. You, that, was, that wasn't a knock on you. That's just me talking to my listeners, right? And the listeners? Stuart's okay, right? Yeah, he's cool. Uh, so before we <laughs> depart, we're going to play a quick round of good stuff. Stuart's already stressed about it, but me, me and Stuart will recommend something good to lift your spirits during the pandemic, maybe something you should be consuming, reading, or watching, or eating. And uh, before we do that, I just want to remind people what we do here at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network with studios in Westwood. We produce your podcast from start to finish. We'll send you out a USB mic. Everything's being done remotely these days, of course, but we patch people in all across the country, wherever you want your guests to be. We'll do the show. We'll do the all the bells and whistles. Pod617.com. You could be the next big podcast star. And uh, once again, I'll remind you about an exciting online event that we do. It's great for offices or just a group of friends. It's called Palooza. It's brain teasers. It's games. It's trivia. It's kind of just a lot of fun. And right now, every Wednesday, 5 p.m., open Palooza, or you can hire us for your corporate event, your group event, whatever, go to pod617.com backslash Zoom, and let's play Good Stuff now. Oh, that's the good stuff. Good
1: stuff
0: <laughs> All, right. All right. No pressure, Stuart, but you, uh, you, need, you have something for our listeners to recommend, to lift their spirits perhaps.
1: Well... So lift their you didn't say lift their spirits no it doesn't have to lift their spirits just <laughs> so, something,
0: just something good something good
1: so so i've been reading among other things i'm i've been reading a lot of different things lately and mm-hmm. i am loving a couple of negotiating books
0: oh do tell
1: so so one i read a while ago it's called um never split the difference by chris voss is a um mm-hmm. hostage negotiator. Oh. And I don't know if you've heard of it but you never split the difference because if you do then maybe only one person dies instead of two. Right. And so he gives some really cool def- interesting ways to negotiate that that um, are different than the norm that people learn and it's it's really helpful and includes even your voice. Um so I thought that was kind of interesting. It brings in a lot of the other things. And there's a new one that just came out, and I think it's very good. I haven't finished it yet. Um, it's called Ask for More by mm-hmm. Alex Carter. Mm-hmm. And um, she's she's done a tremendous amount of negotiation and negotiation training. Um, I think she's even done some work at the U.N. So those are two, thing, two books that I really like.
0: That's cool. And just if you're wondering... Shocker, they're both available on Amazon. Never split the difference. Negotiating as if your life depended on it by Chris Voss. And then Ask for More, 10 Questions to Negotiate Anything by uh, Alexander Carter. Cool. Good one, Stuart. So uh, you read I Watch TV. And I just saw a a documentary on Netflix. I just watched it last night, as a matter of fact. It's called Tread. And you'll know why in a moment. I'm going to play the trailer uh, Stuart, you'll see it, and our listeners will hear it. So here's, here's a little bit of the trailer for Tread. 911, what's your emergency? Ask
1: them to help us get a National Guard unit, maybe with a helicopter to... You need a National Guard unit and a helicopter. the highway. going out towards the highway. Hello.
0: My name is Marvin
1: Heemeyer. He had a great reputation in the town. I mean, he was an outdoorsman. I didn't ever meet anybody who disliked him. Marv had a knack for welding, working on engines and motors. He was confident, and I thought he was handsome, and he was larger than life. But I didn't get that feeling that he was so angry. No one realized how distorted it was becoming to him. I am making this tape for the task that I am about to undertake.
0: So that's um, at least a good taste of the trailer there. So it's this is a, a documentary. So, of course, it really happened in Granby, Colorado, years ago, 1990-something. I should look that up. Sorry. But um, it's a guy, you heard his voice. So what the guy, he was an ingrate kind of uh, not ingrate let's let's see he was disgruntled at his town because he was looking to stop the construction of some cement plant that was going to impinge upon his land anyway let's say this is one of those guys that fighted with town hall all the time he just amassed this list of enemies and this is not a spoiler alert well i guess it is spoiler alert if you really want to don't know anything about him before he went in it did Make big news back in the in the day, and I'll get the day here because now it's going to bother me. Um, so he he's a he's an expert welder. So what he do, does is he leaves this tape, which is essentially his you know um, uh, manifesto about how everybody hates him and how you know he um, needs to act on behalf of God. And what he did, does is he spends weeks um, welding. These huge steel plates, um, adding some concrete to them, to this bulldozer. And it essentially creates a tank and starts, it was, this was 2004. So it wasn't 90, sorry folks. So um, June 4th, 2004, he um, just created this, this bulldozer that again, turned into a tank. It had guns and he just starts bulldozing the, the buildings and the homes of all of his enemies. Have you heard, you remember about this at all, Stuart?
1: I no. do not but no. I've already set it up to watch it so No good. You will enjoy it. I <laughs> so won't give, I won't
0: give away too much. Again, it is a documentary so you could look up what really happened here, but it's it it's just um it's chilling because you hear the guy's plan from the uh, by by way of this tape and then you hear and there are there are sort of twists and turns as a good documentary will do. Just when you think one person's the good guy, maybe they're not so good and so I recommend that one, Tread and um yeah, that town will never be the same. And, um, it's, it's got footage of what happened and all that. So there you go. A little, uh, fun, uh, bulldozer documentary for everybody. Um, so once again, Stuart Hirsch, uh, awesome sport, awesome guest, as I would have expected. And, uh, people, easiest way for people to get in touch with you, go to the website, strategicrelationships.com. What else?
1: That's it. Um, uh, s.hirsch at com And, um, um, phone, also. Go ahead, give out the emails, phone. Emails 7 8, 7 8 mm-hmm. 5280 number of feet in a mile. Nobody really remembers wow. that anymore, but yeah, yeah. I mean, someone told me that. They said yours is really easy to remember. <laughs> I used that's so one 7 of those, 8 1 those, 7 8 4. That's one of those
0: facts that everybody kind of used to know. No, and I, I don't know why yeah. we don't anymore, but I'll I'll remember well, it.
1: Now. I ran the mile in high school. I knew every foot foot (laughs) I remembered.
0: (laughs) Counted every foot. Thank you, Stuart. Um, Fantastic job. And Stuart, as you can tell, is an awesome guy just to connect with. Connect with him on LinkedIn. Um, Go to his website. Learn all this stuff. And uh, you're the man, Stuart. Great stuff as usual today. Um, Remember, if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're the Boston Podcast. On behalf of my buddy, Stuart, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody.